Today's world is facing an enormous challenge. Within a century, the IPCC projects sea levels will rise up to 59 centimetres. In the longer term, sea levels may rise several metres. If we do not adapt now, the risk to coastal cities will rapidly increase. How will New York be affected by a rise in the sea level? Are the people in the metro really safe? What about Jakarta, a city that is sinking at the rate of up to 25 centimetres a year? And what about Rotterdam? Is it resting on its laurels, trusting its imposing storm surge barrier, or is it planning for the future? Arctic climatologist Conrad Steffen has worked most of his life on the behavior of glaciers and ice sheets. In 1997, he noticed a significant change. The ice sheet and the glaciers started to move much faster towards the coast. The latest IPCC report, the International Panel for Climate, actually predicts for by 2100, we'll have 50 plus centimeter sea level rise. This is actually a mean value which is only built on melt. That means how much ice is melting and running towards the ocean and it includes all the glaciers and the glaciers are currently the biggest contributor to melt. And then Greenland, Antarctica and all these ice parts make 50% of the sea level rise out. The other 50% is the thermal expansion of the ocean, because if you warm the water, it has a bigger volume. And what we can see now is, when you predict the 2100, we already know today that more than 50% of the signal here in Greenland is by these fast-moving glaciers. That is not part of the IPCC prediction. Therefore, I would say the 59 centimeter is really the lower end of the prediction. It can easily be a meter, even one and a half meters by 2100. And what is even worse, 2100 is not the end of our history. It continues to rise and probably continues to rise at a faster rate than today. the Big Apple. Everyone wants to have a piece of it. But now the water is demanding its part. With an estimated sea level rise of one meter, New York is facing an increasing threat from the sea. The risk for New York City is very real. In fact, New York City has already been flooded. In the 1950s, there was a big flood. In 1992, there was a winter storm that flooded and uh, actually a subway station in New Jersey just behind me, across the river, filled up with seawater. Seawater is very corrosive. It conducts electricity, so the whole electric subway system was shut down for up to 10 days. Trains were trapped under the Hudson River behind me. It was very serious. Every day, millions of people rely on the subway. And because of its vulnerability to flooding, it's necessary to adapt. But adaptation plans take time to implement. We're walking towards a new subway station that's been built called South Ferry. It's underground, of course. It's a $500 million project. 
It's built to withstand a 100-year storm, but we could have a 100-year storm next week, next month. So it just depends what the risk is, you see. So I would have thought that in this discussion of climate change that we would have uh, suggested that they build the sides higher. And the same comment applies to the, the entrance, the passenger entrance across the street here. It's also very low, it's right close to the water's edge. The city likes to keep the subway entrances at street level. So people come off the street, they go straight into the subway, and people don't like having to climb up and then down again to go down a hole in the ground. And so it's a convenience factor, but it would seem to me it would be safer if they built the entrance up uh, one or two meters and it uh, would be easy to do, and now's the time to do it. The Metropolitan Transport Authority is well aware of the vulnerability of their transport system. A commission investigated what needs to be done and came up with a set of recommendations. They are working hard to get the cooperation of the city and the government, but adaptation is still at an early stage. It's no question that the new things that we build will take into consideration uh, all of the climate adaptation forecasts. And, you know, we're part of, of several working groups along with the city of New York and the state of New York to reach a set of shared assumptions about what the risk is in 2020 and what the risk is in 2050. So as we build new facilities or renovate old facilities, we'll take all of this into account. It was built um, to meet certain, certain standards, uh, probably for a 100-year flood. But, uh, you know, the United States in general, including this region, uh, hasn't spent a lot of time quantifying uh, climate adaptation. The U.S., to some degree, uh, has only really begun to focus on climate mitigation, right, reducing greenhouse gases. And all the talk in the U.S. really is focused on reducing greenhouse gases. Uh, climate adaptation is not as an exciting subject as, uh, as climate mitigation and greenhouse gases. And so the U.S. and this region uh, have not been as, uh, shall we say, as swift as people in the EU and people in Japan to really uh, begin to focus on climate adaptation. But we hope to catch up. We think that uh, there's a lot to learn from Japan, from the Netherlands, uh, and to some degree, uh, probably even from, from Venice. Jeroen Arts is a professor at the Freie Universiteit in Amsterdam and studies the impact of climate change on coastal cities in the world. In Greenland, he meets his colleague, Conrad Steffen. That's correct. When you, I was here in 1990. Right. This whole fjord was one big wall of icebergs. You couldn't see a horizon. Now you can see the ocean and them are much higher. And the reason for that is that the ice is moving faster into the ocean. And if the ice moves faster, it gets thinner. And if you have, a, let's say, a horizon of 100 years, what would you say to city planners? Uh, do they have to invest right now in adaptation or would you say like, well, you can wait another 50 years? What we can see right now in Greenland, it has changed over the last 10 years, has tripled the ice loss. So it actually is not a very slow, it is suddenly increasing. If I would give an advice to city planners, I think we have to look at mitigation and at solutions now, because in 50 years maybe it's already too late. Jakarta is Indonesia's most crowded city. Today, over 25 million people live in Greater Jakarta, and more than half of them live and work in the center. 
and the population keeps growing. Economic growth has not only led to overpopulation and major traffic jams, it has also led to a dramatic rate of land subsidence. Jakarta is uh, sinking, but I have to uh, say that not the whole region of Jakarta is, is, is subsiding. Uh, there are several what we call cones of subsidence with the very high rates, sometimes go up to 25 centimeters a year. 25 centimeters of land subsidence a year, it's a remarkable figure. What sea level rise is expected to do in other countries in 25 years, Jakarta is already facing today due to land subsidence. At high tide, large parts of the city are already flooded. But that is not Jakarta's only problem. The city is built along 13 rivers and many canals. During a few days of heavy rainfall, the drainage of the rivers and canals cannot deal with the enormous amounts of water. When this happens, more than 70% of Jakarta is flooded. The sea level rise Jakarta should also take into account means even more water running in these houses. The start of a solution can be found in restoring the function of its canals and rivers. Because of all the waste, they only function at 30%. With the help of the Dutch and the World Bank, the canals are dredged and the river banks are being reinforced. But times have changed and it's clear that just restoring the canals will not solve severe problems. In a way, when we control the, the river, it's only we uh, control the impact, not the source of the problem, not the causes. So actually, to, to solve the problem, we have to solve the, the, from the source, the causes of the problem, which is land use change. So have we, control, we have to control the land use. So we have to control the space, how to regulate the space or the land use to make sure there's no additional flood discharge into the river, which will inundate the people downstream. For Jakarta, it's clear something has to be done, as it cannot force these people to keep on building their houses higher and higher. Ways have to be found to manage the water and to stop rapid urbanization. I believe that nowadays uh, sharing and networking is a solution. Yeah, We can still learn. I can learn from you, you can learn from me. Yeah. I, I, I believe always. And I think that should, that's the nature of scientific uh, and the first, yeah, always cooperating, yeah. That's where the water found its way in and actually drops down here and then connects underneath with the other channels we have seen. That's why we hear all this roaring. The Dutch Delta Works are known by policymakers all over the world. Although the system is unique, in a few years it will no longer be adequate due to the sea level rise. To be prepared for the future, 
the government of the Netherlands established a committee to study the future threats and challenges. After a year, they presented their results to the Prime Minister. Pierre Feininger is a climate scientist who advised the committee on how to respond to future threats. Climate neutral yes, and climate proof. Yes. Rotterdam has turned things around with respect to climate change. The ambition of the port and the city is to be climate proof, so to make sure that all climate change in water systems will not cause damage, but also climate neutral. Rotterdam wants to be the first climate neutral industrial area in the world. An example of Rotterdam's current adaptation is creating surface water storage in the city, which can help during extreme rainfall. There are many initiatives for creating floating buildings, like this pavilion. Another goal is to build more and more green roofs, like the one on the city library. The green roofs uh, are very important because they slow down the runoff of uh, rainwater to the sewer system. And we strongly believe that, uh, the, uh, that uh, a huge amount of uh, green roofs is uh, a, a good benefit and to, and to, and to uh, uh, slow down this runoff. That's the first advantage of a green roof. Another one is it it's also has a kind of isolating effect. So it's also energy saving uh, and it's also adding uh, uh, value to the attractiveness of the of the city. In each measure we want to take, in each uh, each uh, uh, de development and uh, adaptive uh, strategy, we always are looking uh, at the combination of uh, solving the water problem at the, uh, at one time, at the same time adding value to the city. A different view on climate change, not denying it and also not seeing it as a threat, but as an opportunity to make the city more attractive. Like all other coastal cities, Rotterdam believes that by working together, we can all face the global threats better. Well, in New York, they face big problems now with the metro. What we can learn from New York, that even we should look at our metros, and they are not top either. I mean, so, uh, you, you, indeed, you learn from each other. And what Originally, we had this idea, of course, in the Netherlands with uh, our Hansje Brinkers, with the Finker in the Dijk. We can tell others how to solve this, but we've become much more modest. It's very important to exchange information on this issue. We all, we all are facing a problem. We all are low, low countries and low-lying uh, delta cities. So we, we, ha we all have to act, and it's uh, very important to join forces. Can you hear the water? Obviously, adaptation costs money. The idea is that when we invest right now, we need to pay a little bit more than we used to. However, on the long term, we may see the benefits. I can put it differently. If we invest only in a few decades, then the investments will be much higher to adapt than if we do it right now. Urban developments and new infrastructure in the future, together with climate change, poses the challenge for spatial planners, water managers and financial institutions for together invest in adaptation. Many Delta cities realize the importance of adapting now, 
they are connecting to share experience and put adaptation theory into practice.